0: for the south-easterly wind to roll into town. Welcome to of Pod. 44 of Hand of Pod. Um, all the fours. I'm not a bingo caller, so I don't know what the number four is called in bingo, but 444. Four, four. It's not a formation. It doesn't work at all. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined this week by Andres. Hello, welcome. And English Town. Good evening. And as ever, we're in the latter's living room, and uh, we don't have the air conditioning turned on last week. If you could hear a faint buzzing in the background all through the last episode, I apologise. It's because we got to... I think we finished the episode before I realised it was turned
1: mm. on. <laughs> not offence, it was fucking hot. It
0: was very hot indeed. Uh, it's quite hot as well today, not as hot, fortunately. Mm. So we've got the windows open. Just going to point that out now, in case you hear shouting or children crying or something in the background at some point during this episode. Um, but for now, bizarrely tranquil in Dan's building. So fingers crossed that mm. remains. Uh, in round seven of the. Liga Profesional. The results went as follows: Barracas Central one, Independiente, who had a man sent off, one, Instituto de Córdoba one, with a man sent off, and Atlético Tucumán one, Argentinos Juniors one, Arsenal de Sarandí one. You spotting a pattern? San Lorenzo four, Gimnasia, who had a man sent off,
1: nil. It's a very promising start, massa.
0: Indeed, Defensa y Justicia one, Tacheres one. Central Córdoba, two Tigre nil, Belgrano nil, Lanus nil, Racing one, Sarmiento nil. Racing the only team to score one goal out and get the win? No they're not. Watch this space in a minute. Estudiantes two Huracán, who had a man sent off one River three Godoy Cruz nil Rosario Central one Union one Banfield joined Racing by winning one nil um against Boca Juniors in their case. Colon won, Newell's old boys <laughs> one, and Meles-Sarsfield won. Dense one. So, only two teams who scored a single goal kept That's a clean right. sheet. Um, Seven 1-0 oh, draws. Indeed, and, devastatingly, for the average just, that we're keeping track of, only four red cards. Oh. Or at least only four red cards are actually on pitch positions. I'm not, I don't know whether anyone was sent off from the bench this week. Um, we shall begin. I think, since you're here, Dan, and probably paid more attention to it than I did to any single match over the weekend, with Racing's 1-0 win over Sarmiento. Given the standings between these two teams, um, perhaps not the most convincing scoreline.
1: No, but it Maybe was plenty for, for Racing. I think I mentioned last week that Racing are really struggling with just a lack of activity in the opposition penalty area and that they can't rely every single week on ridiculously good goals from distance this weekend they're good because Matias Rojas after having a very very good effort just before which was uh, palmed away by Sarmiento's very talented 22 uh, year old keeper Sebastián Mesa had a very good gun, uh, cracked a stunner again he's made a habit of it um, at the start of this new league competition uh, and that was about as good as it got for Racing, um, who, in, you know, in their defence, they drew the short straw. They were playing at five pm on a sweltering Sunday afternoon. I think um, the uh, heating index was up about 40 forty, forty-one um, mm. in the city. God knows what it would be like on on the ground in the stadium with you know thirty thousand odd fans around you. Quite a bit hot, you know. Really stifling conditions. Um, very good first half from Racing, which culminated right on the stroke of half time with that goal. And second half was just a slog, um, trying and failing to get the second goal while running the risk of conceding the equaliser. Just about getting through. Encouraging notes: Paulo Guerrero finally made his full debut for Racing and looked decent. I think he played, what was it, 67 minutes? Um, and you know, uh, probably equivalent to about 120 minutes in human conditions instead of whatever the fuck was going on in that greenhouse. Um, held up the whole world, well, got his teammates involved. Unfortunately, most of his teammates were just on a different wavelength. Um, as an at the other end of the age scale, encouraging debut or at least full debut for a. Chilean lad called Tomas Aviles Aviles Aviles, who was thrown in, in defence after Leo Sigali got injured the previous week and had a pretty decent game. looked um, looked strong enough in a kind of revamped three-man slash five-man defence. Uh, but same story for Rassi. Gotta start getting the ball into the box and finding people in there. Because I'll say it again, despite the evidence of. All of the games, Racing won this year. Uh, you can't rely on Puskas candidates every single week to uh, to win your games. Uh, so, same story, different result. Thankfully for Racing as last week.
0: Yeah, dominant in possession, but as you said, really wasteful in terms of getting their shots. Not so much shots away, but shots on target.
1: I, just I think not even so much wasteful, just kind of not finding the way through mm. and having to resort to these. Long, long shots those. over and over again, and you know, not the most efficient team in attack at the moment, let's put it that way.
0: No, indeed. Although, since we're mentioning this, I will just mention that while you were talking, uh, Cerro Porteño in the Copa Sudamericana on our television had not one but two goals disallowed in the time that it took Dan to explain that match to us. You said that went on for too long, or they were just very quick. So, brilliant. you know, that's pretty inefficient from them as well. If they could have stayed on side a couple of times, they'd be four, they're not now, instead of two, they're not. Obviously they wouldn't, because that's not how it works. But still. and funnily enough, they have an ex-Racing
1: coach on the bench in Facundo Sala They do, yes.
0: Um, I remember seeing that a couple of weeks ago, and we have somehow managed to not mention it. Probably because it's not very yeah. relevant to Argentine football. One of
1: two ex-Racing coaches who, I assume, given that they're 3 you up with four minutes left, uh, have got through this playoff, this Libertadores playoff process, and will be in the group stage along with Eduardo Calit who yesterday marshaled Atletico Meneiro to victory over Missionarios.
0: It's the Libertadores, so it is, yes. yes. I yes. said Supermerry a minute ago, but you're quite right. It's Libertadores.
2: Um, this is the last phase? Previous? The, the final phase. qualifying
0: phase before <laughs> the groups, yes. The groups kick off uh, in the first week of April. Yes. Um, which I mentioned last week as well, I think, but just to repeat it. Um, should we just go through all of the matches that didn't end in 1-1 draws? Um, um. <laughs> Feels like one way of approaching no, so change. Many. San Lorenzo got a 4 0 win over Gimnasia La Plata. They also, later in the week, in fact, just yesterday on Wednesday evening, got a 3 0 win over Sarmiento de Resistencia in the Copa Argentina. I think that that means that Sarmiento de Resistencia would beat Gimnasia 1 0 if they were to play each other right now, but I'm not sure. Um,
1: it's got more goals in those last two games than in the entire league campaign up to last weekend because they'd only <laughs> scored six yeah yeah games, they were, six games
0: they were getting a very solid defense up until this point so it seems that now something has clipped for them um and not just that but four goals from three different goal scorers against gimnasia as well andres Bomberger got the opener just before half time and then in the second half which actually managed to sort of half watch most of um adam barreiro scored from the penalty spot and then he doubled his own account um, with 12 minutes to go, and Gaston Hernandez puts the cherry on top of the cake to make it 4 0. With 10 minutes left, just a couple of minutes after I've made it 3 0. Um, as I say, I only caught the second half, I switched it on at half time pretty much. Um, but so, you know, that, that affects it to an extent because yeah. was like Ignacio chasing the game. Well, the they front. were somehow,
1: somewhat helped by quite a dubious early red card for mm. Guillermo Enrique. Uh, I wouldn't say it was scandalous a decision but could have gone either way I will like, say if that gonna, after 15 minutes does make a difference if
0: you're going to wear number 6 and play on the right wing
1: then you're you deserve come everything come. you get oh I wouldn't I wouldn't question that of course um,
0: but no by and large I thought San Lorenzo looked, looked good you know yeah, when, yeah. I, when I switched on I, I was the reason I only really played not very much attention to it, but had it on was
2: that I, when I saw they were already one 0 up, I was like, "Well, that's cool." Watch gonna finish. the, the much but uh, I heard that uh, In Sua had uh, like people clapping their hands hmm. to him because uh, uh, it's you can't doubt, can't doubt that he was his key for this. Uh, uh, well, the present that San is having is, uh, I think, it's not so 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 often, but. Uh, uh, his key perhaps like no, not uh, uh, any other players that that perhaps uh, uh, well are, are his key I think for, for this time of San so. yeah definitely it's yeah.
1: almost a bit of a throwback because he's just goes against all kind of contemporary football orthodoxy by playing two big physical lumbering centre forwards and just smashing the ball up to him and make it in Letting them cause mayhem in the box, um, almost the polar opposite of uh,
2: what Racing have been doing. There. Yeah, perhaps in some other time, Barreiro and Mombardar wouldn't be so so good scoring, and in this in this case, they they are. It just yeah, smash rolling over a position almost. I, I, both of them had a very good start to the year.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, so it's not the prettiest kind of football, but it's very effective. Very effective uh, at the moment in this league. Uh, we'll see how long they keep it up for, but. Great guns so far um, in the competition. Central Cordoba with a 2-0 win over Did Anybody bother to watch this one? What do you think, sir? No, I mean, I'm, not that I'm blaming either of you. Um, both goals in the second half. Leandro Maciel got the first and Jesus Miguel Soraya got the second. Uh, that is I'm Central sorry. Cordoba's second win in three matches, having, I don't think, managed one previously this season. Oh no, they beat Unión
2: four-one. Oh no,
0: no,
1: that was a, That was
2: yeah, that was towards the end of last season. So, strange yeah. how Argentina has Scotland <clears throat> recently. Uh...
1: Yeah, they came flying out the blocks with uh, Matteo Reteghi, new Italy international, apparently scoring for fun. Oh, he uh, been called up, hasn't it, Yeah. Yeah, uh, which says something about Italy. As much as we love Reteghi, I think. And
0: is there going to be a tug of war? I don't think so. I East? think
1: um, Argentina will obviously. Put a call in, see if um he wants to wait for his wait for his chance. But yes, um, he's oh, behind Julen Alvarez, Ladan Martinez. You got to mm. think he fancies his chance more for it.
2: Yes, currently calling up uh, Giovanni Simeoni means that they won't be there or won't have many many space. No, indeed. Mm. Obviously, it doesn't time down right now.
0: I think I think he's got to make. I think it's four appearances. Oh no, but he's a bit older, isn't he? So he might. It might Twenty-three, be the four appearances. I think, is. Because yeah. what I read about Ganachal was apparently he has to make four appearances for whichever country he chooses before his. Because he's still a baby. Eighteenth or nineteenth birthday right. or something, but it might be that once you pass that birthday, one appearance ties you. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, anyway, well, yeah, uh, for Tigre, just gonna have a look at their form. Yeah, they're, they're still crap I was, that was what I was trying to remind myself of because they beat <laughs> Belgrano a couple of weeks ago but other than that it's all draws and losses so far since that win I think on the first weekend of the league against Estudiantes uh, they have drawn with Rosario Central went out the Copa Argentino on penalties to Central Español drew with Racing lost to River albeit only 1-0 beat Belgrano 2-0 away and since then have lost to Argentinos and Central Cordoba without
1: scoring a goal mm. Been I mean so a tough can, start to be fair, like some tasty fixtures in there. Barcelona yeah. away, yeah. Racing away, some like in the middle of the heatwave. Um,
2: but yeah, uh,
1: they probably need to improve.
2: Perhaps at this point they are relying too much on Rodriguez' hmm. powers, power goal. Yeah, I mean the, the goals have dried up for him a bit. Just, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, we're not calling it a crisis
1: yet. But uh, what was it out of Tigres? Eight goals, he scored six. So yeah, they are. Hmm. Definitely in the sticky stuff when he doesn't find a it Indeed.
0: Um, going down the list then to the next one that didn't end 1-1, we talked about Racing-Sarmiento already, so next after that is Estudiantes versus Huracán. Now, I said that Banfield and Racing were the only two teams to score one goal and not concede one goal, but in fact, they're not, because Huracán scored one goal and conceded two. Um, and it was also going to finish 1-1 until the very I mean, almost the last touch of the game Santiago Ascasiva uh, got the winner for Estudiantes uh, Mauro Boselli had opened the scoring early
2: on and Juan Garro equalised about an hour in if I am not wrong it was the first match or the debut for Eduardo Dominguez in the bench of Estudiantes um, <clears throat> Abel Balbo was, has been sacked yeah. I think well, I don't know whether he won a, a single match but uh, it wasn't so much so many time, so, so much time there. Uh, he was sacked <coughs> after the previous match, which was the defeat at
0: Union. They beat Godoy Cruz uh, one, two, three weeks ago. Um, ah, okay. But he was only in charge for like seven games or something, wasn't he? Was yes, because like yeah. he was
1: at Centra Corva. Until That's the end right, of last
0: yeah. season, yeah. So he he got a win over Independiente de Chivilcoy in the Copa Argentina and that win over Godoy Cruz in, in Mendoza in the league. Um, but yeah, not particularly good. He also lost both of his... Um, oh, he didn't lose both of his pre-season matches. He drew one of them and then lost a penalty shootout by the look of it. But yeah, not particularly happy days for him or Estudiantes. But artist. now,
2: now I'm dub, I I have the doubt where he was he made his debut now or in the last match but uh, if it was it was a debut for two coaches because also it was the fir- uh, first match for Ricardo Gareca a second or third time at Vélez. Yes, this weekend yeah, rather than this yes. particular
0: match but yeah, th- this this one that we're talking about Estudiantes um, versus Huracán was uh, Dominguez's debut for okay. Estudiantes um, and I didn't catch him, so I can't say anything about it. No, it's not one of the games I saw, well. But it was one of the red cards of the weekend, of Excellent. course. Uh, next, River got a 3-0 win over Godoy Cruz. There were two penalties in this one. Godoy Cruz were very much aggrieved. And for both of them, slightly ridiculously, because they were both really... <laughs> one of them the goalkeeper cleaned the guy out right after
2: yes Uh, it was a rebound that he gave to to a shot from De La Cruz yeah and then Alejandro anticipated him and well he touched he he touched Alejandro clearly Uh, and the other was perhaps more more difficult to see because well not (laughs) uh, the the referee I think it was Silvio Truco had to go to the bar and uh, they are he noticed that uh, I think it was N'Golani the one who uh, touched or what well, kicked uh, Enzo Diaz who yeah. uh, in this time was very very good as the position he uh, should play when, when he plays as a, a left back. Mm. Um, of course, that that means that like hap, happened in this in this match that uh, Milton Casco plays as a right back. Yes, but I think it's right because. Neither uh, Robert Rojas nor uh, Herrera are, are playing well to deserve to be in the, the starting lineup. And I think Casco in the right and, and Enzo Diaz in the left will be perfect. Hmm. Uh, whether we all know that Casco is better in the, in the left, but uh, it, it worked, and in fact, it was the best match so far for River under the Michelis uh, charge, well, with the Michelis in charge. Um, with a midfield 5 men midfield, at the they said that it was a Guardiola's Guardiola-esque midfield because it was crowded with 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 midfielders. Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say that, but uh, uh, clearly was the control of the match was entirely for River, and they had the ball. And of course, the reason why is that they had a lot of of, of good. Uh, fitted players or yeah, footed, footed players and, and kind of
0: strangle the player in the middle of the pitch and rely on those fullbacks for the width because yes Aliendro Perez de la Cruz Fernandez okay is a bit more of a wide player yes. but really you've got like four more centrally operating players yes and, um, and also two, two more goals were sent to fourth as well Lucas Beltran after scoring the previous week if I remember rightly I thought um, we said last
1: week, right? Now he's got that first one,
0: and he's going to start yeah. raining goals. But we also said that River needed their, any of their centre forwards mm. to start scoring, because yes. neither him nor Borja nor um, Rondon, Rondon, thank you, um, had managed to score up to that point. So for him to now have three in two mm.
2: matches, it's encouraging for the and team. Then. I will say, of course, with the risk of, of then being wrong, but, uh, that Rondon won't, won't score uh, any single goal. Mm. Uh, he's heavy. He's not with uh, perhaps the rhythm that that, that at, the, at least this Argentine football uh, demands. Uh, he he can perhaps be like a paybot pay, pay with uh, uh, heading the ball for a teammate or something like that. But uh, scoring and being having real real chances to score, uh, I do see that he yeah. will have.
1: So like the f- bet is mine to win now then. I bet Indeed, we yeah. made in pre-season between Pablo Guerrero and Rondon. Yes, yes. Rondon, uh, but Guerrero's not really that much. I he goes, he but goal. <laughs> I feel like he will get one goal. Um,
0: yeah, no. Yeah, Rondon looks very much at the moment like who hasn't played football
2: in six months or seven yes. months. Which, which he is. But he's at the club for two months so far. Yeah. Uh, so he will. He should have the the possibility to that if he. Uh, uh, plays 30 minutes in a game to at least have the speed, in, in, enough speed to, to not to be anticipated all the time or, or to lose the ball easily, mm. and well, it, that happens uh, almost all the time, so... Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um,
0: Beltran also scored in mid- one, one of I the The previous week he scored ah. in the 3-0 win in the Copa Argentina over ah, Racing ah, yes. de Córdoba. He scored twice, in, no he didn't, sorry, he scored once. Um, and Miguel Ángel Borja did score in that match so two of River's center have scored albeit only one of them in the league so Beltran is on four goals in River's last three matches in all competitions since What's we last recorded not since we last recorded but since we
2: last but one recorded because yes. he scored against Lanús a week and a half ago um, yes with Borja and Rondon he's and he, he has been comp- uh, comp- uh, there was a compression between, between him and, and Julian Alvarez, and yes of course you. Compare him to Borja and Rondon, he will be more like uh, Julian Alvarez than Borja and Rondon. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and
0: Banfield got a 1 0 win over Boca, which was. I mean, I was going to say it's a win and a Boca, but it wasn't really. Banfield did at least manage more shots, albeit they didn't have anywhere near as much possession.
1: In the first half, uh, at least, they were all over Boca. Then, mm. after half time, uh, Boca were finally obliged to actually look for the game go out and try and get a result Um, meaning that they had to take off the players they always take off every week because they're just crap Benedetto Sebastian Vicha. not that it gives me any sort of satisfaction to you know describe to you all just how shit Sebastian Vicha has been in recent weeks but it is beautiful to see because I don't know obviously karma doesn't exist in football because a whole lot load of arseholes uh, are really good at it, uh, but it's good to see one of its biggest arseholes falling flat on his face and almost possibly fall out of the team for reasons other than just being a horrible, violent, misogynistic twat.
0: Indeed. Um, could have been even worse for Boca. Well, actually, maybe not, but Andres Chavez had a, had a penalty saved as well, five minutes before Banfield actually opened the scoring. Um and, yeah, like the second half was mostly, or pretty much all, Boca, really. It was just Banfield
1: sitting back, soaking up the pressure. But they were pretty comfortable as well. It's not like Boca wrapped up. No, Boca really is It's like just very speculative, very mis- uh, undirected, ponderous. Very Boca. Uh, be it under Ibarra, be it under bataglia be it under Russo. Um, Yes, going go ahead and very see
2: what happens. Feet, if, if you like. Perea La Boca yes. and, as well in recent years. It's to go yeah. ahead and see what happens. And Manfield was tired because they had pressed a lot. Uh, barely two players against one at, of, of Boca during all the, say, the first half. And the second half, it was notorious that they were, they, they felt that, that of course, effort and, and couldn't repeat it. Of course, mm-hmm. you can't do that in 90 minutes. It's a, it was a all the same a great result for Banfield it's their first, the first win, win yes. um,
0: of the league season they're now up to one win three draws and three defeats they also uh, oh they haven't played yet in the Copa Argentina in fact I was about to say. oh they have no they haven't it was postponed uh, they were supposed to play Argentino de Merlo but they haven't mm-hmm. done yet um, so yeah well done Banfield they've got next up they're away to Tacheres and then at home to Platense so
1: Boca or
0: Banfield, oh, Banfield. And, uh, Platense are one point above them in the league so that next home match could be a promising one for them Tacheros of course are fourth in the table um, they need some results
1: because they're not that far away from the relegations though.
0: no indeed we'll talk about the relegating well we'll talk about the standings generally once we've gone through this plethora then of plethora. 1-1 draws which to remind you were Barracas Central Independiente Instituto de Córdoba Atlético Tucumán Argentinos Arsenal uh, and
2: Independiente in fact celebrated that, that draw because they were with, I think, one uh, with 10 men. Against uh, Barraca Central, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, well, let's talk about that one. There were a couple of other ones uh, as well, but
0: Independiente were 1-0 up after, fa- after one minute of that <laughs> uh, through Mateo Barcia and the match was 1-1 after five minutes. So if you had tuned in six minutes in to find that you've missed t- two goals already, Probably have been sitting down and rubbing your hands and looking forward to some more goals, and there were then not any.
1: It uh, was a cracking match, though, to be fair. Uh, um, even without any more goals for the for the remaining eighty-five minutes, really, really open game. Both teams had a lot of chances, and particularly notable, I think, it marked the return, the comeback of the prodigal son, Ricardo Centurion. He's back. He was absolutely fantastic. Just taking on Independiente players like he didn't have a care in the world, dribbling past.
2: And I think Independiente, well, special match for, for him. Oh, I imagine so, yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: really good to see him. He's 30 years old, had a lot of problems in the past. Um, his time at Villas did didn't really work out for, for anyone involved, but just looked, looked like the old Ricky we all, we all remember. Just no fear, taking on his man, making him look stupid. Um, really good to see um, it also led us to uh, an interesting line of question I must say um, on Paso a Paso the uh, Sunday night highlights magazine show mm. uh, I guess you can call it um, where the interviewer kind of really not using his words brilliantly um, talking to Sendurion and then to uh, Rodolfo de Pali the, the coach Kind of strongly suggested that the reason Centurion now feels at home, feels great, is at Barracas, are basically a Vichero club in the middle of a shantytown. And obviously, Centurion, like the Vichero that he is, just feels great now because he's living, he's back in the squalor.
0: See, I was going to ask whether there might be something to being in a smaller club and just expectations being a bit lower, mm. media pressure being less high. And just be able to do
1: his thing. That would have been probably the better question. Yeah. The, Ricky, you're just a and, street and scum he, kid.
2: Do you feel better now you're um, among the street scum again? I think that he needs a coach who understand, not understands him, that treat him specially and to pardon him, for example, if he is absent to, to a training session and something like that, which usually happens because he used to do that. Uh, mm. s- several times, mm. and things like that. Like, well, okay, if you one day you don't want to come to the training session, it's okay. And perhaps for his teammates, it's also uh, understand that things like that for him to feel that he's useful, uh, that he's useful, uh, even with that, those things. Because if not, it will be very difficult for him. Yeah, uh, he did give an interview over the weekend, or, or anyway,
0: quite recently, anyway, uh, where he said that he'd gone back to his essence. This this was
1: the, the same. same um, this the was same. kind of his answer to to that same interview oh, I was right, talking okay. about. You know, a way of saying, you know, "Not just I'm happy being back in Aviša." Hmm. He was back in his essence, I guess.
2: But when he was at Boca, he there were times in which he played well. Not uh, I won't say. Oh, he was fantastic for Boca, and, and yeah, it was yeah. Boca. It wasn't uh, uh, a small club, or uh, so. Yes, it's the thing for him to be focused and. I don't play, think of playing and not about the problems outside. And no, he's always been a
1: fantastic player. I remember back in 2018, there were serious, serious um, shouts, and not just from me, for Centurion to, to go to the World Cup Yeah, as part of the Argentina squad. Um, and then, you know, it was really good for Racing the second half of that year in the team that would go on to win the league in 2018-2019, but by the time they lifted the league, he'd gone off the rails again, fought with Calder and basically almost had a punch up in the middle of, of an away game at River. <laughs> I mean, that's just Ricky, um, you know, brilliant, brilliant play, punctuated by just absolute madness and idiocy. Um, you know, He's 30 now, maybe, you know, maybe the brilliance isn't quite as brilliant as it, as it was when he was 23, but perhaps he's learnt and won't be so much of an idiot. It would be well, great he, if that's
0: true. He also, I've just scrolled to the bottom of this. Uh, I, I, I remembered something about what he'd said so I quickly mm. googled his name and hit the news tag. Uh, and this interview is quoted as also saying that my daughter has uh, changed my mentality. Mm. Uh, he's got a very young daughter. Here's a picture of them both in his house in Navisha. Um,
2: at uh, Christmas time, we, which is a very non-bishay house <laughs> indeed. It's clearly at the top of some tower block uh, overlooking the city. I hope that city. that really happened because I remember when he was at San Lorenzo, a short period, and his teammates were in a training session and he was on a party. Hmm. So that that was, that's why I said that uh, to pass for him him things like that.
0: Yeah. Um, short interruption. <laughs> he was trying to be quiet and whispered he was very quiet. successful the microphone didn't pick him up Oh, it picked you up which is uh, what I was explaining Sorry. Um, Rosario Central Union Colon Newells and Vélez Platense all also finished 1-1 uh, I have nothing to add on any of those ones because I couldn't catch any of them
1: just a very special day for another of the Central Kids who, which has been a bit of a theme uh, this year at least for me on up. Um, shouldn't have started talking before. You're looking for the goal scorer? I, remember, I can't remember his exact name. Lautaro Giacomo. Lautaro Giacomo. That's the one. Um, and I think it was his first goal for Central. and he broke down in tears. The lad. Oh, very, nice. very touching moment for him. Um, yeah, he came off the bench to score as well. Yeah, he score,
0: yeah. Gino Infantino, the player whose name we always have to be very careful about saying properly. Um, An hour, yeah, an hour in with half an hour to go, and then scored. What was that? He was actually quite a late equaliser as well, I've just noticed, 87th minute. Yeah, hence Um, the emotion, I guess. Yeah, we are gonna go for a half-time break now and refit our glasses. When we come back, we will talk a bit about the standings and mop up the other bits and pieces to discuss. Don't go away. hear a little bit of um, baby babble in the background. It's because Manuel's now having a bath. Not in the room, but uh, just in the next room. And the microphone is picking it up, I think, very faintly. Um, we'll go through the standings, first of all, then, after that discussion during the first half. San Lorenzo, as I mentioned, are top of the table. They have 16 points from seven matches. River are second in the table. Defensa y Justicia third. Tacheres fourth. Uh, those are teams are on 15, 14 and 13 points. So unlike, was it last week when we had like two points separating the top seven or something? Mm. We've now got a nice little step down, 16, 15, 14, 13. Lanús also have 13 points, they're in fifth place behind Tachéres some goal difference. Huracán have 12, Racing, Boca, Newells, Belgrano and Rosario Central all have 11. So the team in 11th place have 11 points, which is very nice and tidy, isn't it? Yes. Uh, the annual table for Copa qualification currently, of course, looks exactly the same as what I just read out because. And it was for a while The yet. 2023 table. It will look exactly the same all the way through as the league table until we begin the group stage of the Copa de la Liga. Matteo Retegui is still, for the moment, in spite of his crisis goal drought, the top scorer in the league with six goals, none of which have come from penalties, interestingly. Uh, the three players immediately behind him in the standings have all scored at least one penalty and Nicolás Fernández of Defensa y has five goals of which three have been scored from the spot which kind of feels like he's cheating a bit um, Brian Aguirre leads the assists table, he's the only player so far to have wrapped up three assists and in the all-important promedios uh, Platense and Arsenal remain in the bottom two, Arsenal still fewer than one point per game 85 points from 86 matches, because of course they drew at the weekend. Platense just ever so slightly more than that. Uh, and the main beneficiaries from the weekend just gone, of course, are Banfield, whose win over Boca, first win of the league season, uh, has boosted them a little bit. They've leapfrogged Central Córdoba. No, they haven't, because Central Cordova won their match as well, didn't
1: they? I did see them.
0: Yes, of course. So both of them, in fact, uh, they remain 24th and 25th. Uh, but uh, are now they've opened up a bit of daylight between themselves and Sarmiento um, de Junín Sarmiento are on 97 points Central Florida are on 100 and Banfield on 102 now so continue to watch this space and of course one thing that I didn't point out was that among that glut of 1-1 draws was Lanusa's result which means that Lanús have arrested to a certain extent that little mini slide that came when they lost to Rassing and River in back-to-back matches yes. um So they've now drawn for the first time this season and have managed to not lose. So they're keeping their average just about where it needs to be for the moment. Um, Now, we have some, oh, well, first of all, we have some club international news to tell you about because Sporting Cristal versus Huracan kicked off during that first half of our recording. Uh, Sporting Cristal had a goal, a very nice goal, team move flowing from halfway into the Huracan box, which was ruled out by VAR after it was spotted that the bloke who won the ball elbowed a Huracan player in the face, the bloke who won the ball in question, by the way, being Xosimar Jotun, formerly of River, Plate, among other teams. Oh, yeah. No, he, has, he hasn't played in Ch- at River. Does, Does he? Yeah. No. I thought he signed for them and then barely played, like three years ago or something. Am I, am I imagining this? Is it
2: just that I've watched no. him one too many times play for Peru? And, uh, <laughs> yes, no. Well, Peru has a similar t-shirt to River, but no. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't, I, I, I'm quite sure.
0: Hmm. How weird that I remember that when it didn't happen?
2: I, I, can't, I seem to remember that
1: as well, Sam. So I mean, another to, uh, Peruvian player friends. who... Yeah,
0: no, he, Jose oh. Galvez, Sporting Cristal, Vasco da Gama, Malmo, didn't know about that, Orlando City, Cruz Azul, and now Sporting Cristal again. Never played forever. How
1: peculiar. I think you're thinking of...
0: Baton. Yes, Bashan. 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 I yes. Am. yeah, yeah. That was ages ago. But, yes, that time for River. I, 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 I had a very clear memory of Chauton signing for River sometime mm. around 2017. It was more than 10 played. years
2: ago, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he what? he played a couple of matches. Is uh, not not very well, but uh, he he under, under Kappa, I think when well, mm. Kappa was the coach. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How? how? Utterly weird. Anyway, Xosimar do Well, in the, in the similar, I think, similar positions, perhaps, in the... In the similar part. positions
1: and yeah. kind of etymolo- etymologically, I think, same yeah. name word. Um, you know Shoshimar.
0: Even though he's never played in Argentine football, there's a good chance that if you're interested enough to be listening to this podcast, then you'll have heard of him because he is Peru's all-time most capped player. Um, hmm. Or at least all-time most capped outfielder, I'm pretty sure he's the all-time most capped player because I commented on the match in which he took that record. Wow during the Copa America a couple of years ago. Um, anyway, he elbowed someone in the face and uh, <laughs> got their goal this and So it's currently still nil-nil and the first leg was also nil-nil which mathematics fans will be thrilled to learn makes it nil-nil on aggregate at the moment but we've only played half an hour so you'll have to listen. I mean, we haven't played half
2: two an hour. Two hours of football with no goals.
0: Yes, they've played half an hour. You'll yes. have to continue listening to this episode to the end and if I remember to later on tonight I will give you the full-time results and tell you whether or I can Reached the Copa Libertadores group stage.
1: Where well, they will join: Boca Racing River. That's a
0: hell of a group, isn't it? <laughs> Not
1: well, in the same group. No, I realised that. I was just taking the Argentine this. contingent. and perhaps is Tigre, possibly. Uh, Tigre uh, already. Patronato, it, of course.
0: Gonna, let's see whether we can get the group somewhere. Yeah, we'll sure. be, yeah the, I mean, even the Libertadores in this current format has to have drawn its groups by now, doesn't it? So you've
1: got of Boca the Racing River, Patronato.
0: Of course SofaScore Score doesn't actually have the groups up yet, so it should
1: show the participants. So that's four I off think. up, possibly what I can if we make five, and there must be one more if my mathematics doesn't fail me. Let's see. Which is Argentina Juniors. Aha, okay. Surprisingly, because I can't remember them really doing oh. anything I mean, it turns out is like worthy.
0: Turns out that the groups haven't been drawn yet. They're going to be drawn on the 27th of March. Oh,
1: there we go. It's the 40. I
0: mean, Comibol ball getting sensible. You know, we long ago obviously lamented the last drawing that took place in mid-December when some of the teams who qualified for the qualifiers hadn't even been decided yet.
1: I used uh, to enjoy wondering what exactly Bolivia like. one would do against Peru three and Argentina five. Always absolutely
0: hilarious, and they stopped doing it because probably because they realised it made them look ridiculous. But uh, we, we enjoyed it anyway. Uh, international football news, the, the, the immediate news, is that Argentina versus Panama tickets have gone on sale since we last recorded. They went on sale yesterday? Today? Today. 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 Uh, which went on sale so and sold out in yesterday, very about, quick succession. By the time most of you listen to this and have sold out. And uh, Dan, you logged in at one point to see how many people were in the queue and got... I, think, I don't know whether you were surprised by how high
1: the number was. I did it out of... Um... Out of curiosity and I got up to one million one hundred and ninety eighty nine thousand eight hundred and ninety fourth in the queue. Just to remind those of you or inform those of you who weren't listening
0: a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the new capacity of River Plate Stadium. Yeah, yeah there's no eighty three
1: thousand four hundred people. So I narrowly missed out. Um, if they do a cold play and uh, organise fifteen other games, maybe I'll get in. But probably not, because I can't really be to uh, sit there pressing Alt F4.
2: Of course the site where where they oh, sold the is. tickets, it was sometime, uh, during during a moment, it was overflowed. Uh, which was, of course, uh, it was one thing you you will say that it would happen, it was that. Uh, it was obvious that w- and one million people in the queue is... Yes. Yeah. The good news is that for the second game, which
1: was of course in Santiago del Estero against the mighty Curacao, they have a cunning plan. Uh, Santiago del Estero's Madre, Madre de Ciudades stadium uh, only has 40, 42,000 capacity, uh, roughly half the size of the new improved Mas Monumental, mm. uh, but they're just going to take some seats out and in that way, yeah. Why? To get the capacity up.
0: Oh, I see, right. So obviously,
1: terraces where people are standing can get a lot more people in than seats. <laughs> so um, I, I I wasn't really trying to get tickets for this one, but I won't try and get tickets for the next one. Maybe it'll be a little bit easier because less people would want to make the trip up to Santiago del Estado, but not much easier. <laughs> Maybe 700,000 yeah, instead of
0: one and a half million. When are they putting tickets on sale for it? I don't have a clue. I mean, that might be worth a, a story worth... Uh, paying some attention to as well, because it wouldn't surprise me if a surprising number of people (laughs) are prepared to go all the way up there. I might have a go,
1: and if it does come up for some reason, Mm. do a little road trip. I'll think about it.
0: Um, So that's happening in terms of Argentina's immediate appointments. Uh, We also have some less immediate appointments for Argentina. We're we're, going to have the fascinating... um, Story of whether or not they can manage to qualify for the next World Cup to defend their title, mm-hmm. because the 2026 World Cup qualifying draw for South America—I mean, a draw. Obviously, we all know who's going to be in the group all the time, every time with South America. Uh, there's not a draw as such, but the fixtures have been announced, and they are, as far as I could tell, at least the same as the fixtures for the World Cup that we've just had. Uh, Ecuador at home is Argentina's first opponent. Uh, Brazil are going to be visiting Buenos Aires in, like, round five or round six, I think it is, which is going to be sometime in November, if I remember rightly. And the campaign gets underway, as it normally does, in the sort of very early European season, you know, that first international window of the European season. That always happens about two weeks after everybody's come back from pre-season for some fucking reason. I don't know
1: why FIFA Mm -hmm. insists on doing that. Do you Um, not think that... With forty-eight teams, this ridiculous new World Cup, mm. they can at least just invite the winner to go along.
0: No. Now, I mean, I mean yes, they're not. Obviously, but they could. Could but they? I mean, shouldn't they? I, I think that because th- I I think that the reason that they stopped doing that in uh, well, Brazil Brazilian. Sorry, France in 2002 were the last champions to qualify automatically, I think. That sounds it might have, right. It, it was something man. to do with the 98 World Cup. So it was either France were the last ones to qualify automatically, or Brazil in 98 were the first team to qualify. Yes, I
2: think 2002 was the last
0: time. The last one. Um, but um, the, I, I think that the reason that FIFA did it was that the defending champions ended up turning up at the World Cup without really having had any proper competitive football about years with a no, championship yes. for the previous four years.
1: So you're saying it's in Argentina's interest to have to qualify?
0: I would say yes, particularly, mm. I think, if you're Argentina or Brazil, there's not really any doubt that you're going to make it
2: through well, the qualifying. Well, you have Copa a yeah. Very, not the very same. small
0: amount of jeopardy, even smaller <laughs> this time, of course, because now it's six and a half spots up for grabs from 10 countries rather than just five and a half.
2: You have Copa America and Copa Confederaciones mm. also?
0: Well, it's not well, No, because it. the
2: Confederations Cup's not happening. Anyways. Oh, good.
0: Plus, who gives a shit about the Confederations Cup? <laughs> um,
1: Have you met Argentine people when that's Argentina true. are playing it's in any course. sort of competition? Sorry, sorry for scoffing at you for that undress. Um I was forgetting. But
0: no, the, the Confederations Cup has been scrapped. It's being, or it was supposed to be replaced by the Club World Cup. But we'll talk about that in a minute because that's which now makes, being, which makes, makes absolutely bad. no sense. No, exactly. Like apples as, with wheelbarrows. This, this last time, it was it was done as a test event for hosting the World Cup, you know, for the host nation, which is what they've been using the, the confederations for for the previous few World Cups. Um, but, yeah, I think... I agree that, really, it feels like, yeah, maybe, ideally, the champions ought to qualify automatically, not that they've ever failed to qualify and would be unlikely to, anyway. Um, but I do think that it probably... Helps the champions to turn up and actually be semi competitive, at least the next time around, anyway, because there's definitely a bit of a drop off sometimes where you turn up. I remember World Cups before when it happened, and they turn up and they're like, Yeah, we've we not played anything proper for four years and look a bit flat. Um, so, Argentina, as I said, get started against Ecuador at home, and then you were saying, Dan, that it's Bolivia away in the second round. I didn't say
2: anything. Oh, no, I mean, during, during half time, I think we. Somebody no, that I said Bolivia that. away and then I don't it, remember if it was Uruguay or Paraguay. I suppose at least if
0: you get Bolivia away out of the way really nice and early then that's just something that you don't need to worry about for
1: the rest of the campaign as well. Do, this um, whole, do a repeat of the Ghost Squad, just send like yeah. Garnacho, all these young European kids, like really broke <laughs> them in. I'm sure their clubs would be delighted with that,
2: yeah. If with no ghosts. You want to play for Argentina,
1: <laughs> go and do it the hard way. You know? <laughs> The, it, the, this is from now one. on this is how every yeah. new generation Carracho never play played him anywhere higher than Birmingham mm. and just has to go to La Paz it'll be fantastic
0: um, so that's going to be happening um, and obviously yeah, he, he's not going to be playing at the end of this month because
1: right. saving himself for La
0: Paz in, in modern 21st century football it's absolutely fine to win the ball first regardless of what you do to the player uh, and yeah that's why I got
2: injured at the weekend Ecuador mm. um, which uh, they ha- don't have no coach still, still have no coach after the well uh, the Alfaro's I don't know whether he was fired or, or he decided to leave or not to it was the end of contract and he didn't renew re- renew it and uh, it, they were in talks with uh, with, with Gareca but he, he finally mm. uh, I think
1: 30% of the confederations currently coachless. Unless Brazil have picked up a coach in the interim.
0: I have a feeling that Brazil have named somebody and I can't remember
1: who it is. I don't know. But so at the very least Venezuela and Ecuador are without a coach yes, because Jose
0: go for difference of opinion or something last week. Right? Differences
1: of opinion, yes. Can, can you
0: fit us in on any of this down? Or?
1: I can't, but I'm assuming Pekerman wanted things to be done in a certain way and... Venezuela said, "Yeah, no, we can't do it because we've got nothing."
0: It says here, um, when I say here, I mean on Gustavo Alfaro's Spanish language Wikipedia page, that he quit at the end. Uh, at the end of, he quit following Ecuador's elimination uh, from the twenty twenty two World Cup, and claims, shock horror here for a South American football federation, um, that. Uh, The federation weren't fully behind him and that they owe him and his coaching staff some money.
2: Oh. Mm.
0: I know, you're all falling off your chairs in surprise to hear.
1: Uruguay did not have a coach either. After Diego Alonso was sacked following the World Cup, Marcelo Broly is the interim, apparently, whoever that is. So almost half of Commonwealth doesn't have a coach and Argentina almost joined him, apparently. Yes, indeed, although he is now there. And
0: Jamon uh, Mendes uh, is the caretaker boss. Very good, Sam. Thank good. you, yeah. You like how I just slip it's in fun. and out of it. Um, is the caretaker boss of the Brazilian national team as of, or rather since, the 15th of February. Do you know who I mean, the
1: Bolivia coaches? This is? It's quite exciting for me, anyway.
0: I think I remember seeing this name in a headline at some point. I can't remember. Come cool. on.
1: Racing legend Gustavo Costas. Yes, I did. A stalwart thing. defender as a player and occasional manager, and four country league winner. He's won league titles in Peru, Paraguay, Ecuador, and Colombia. Wow! In his long, world-travelled um, managerial career, he, like he, that he, is going an to he, be.
2: He was at uh, a called if I am not wrong. He has been absolutely everywhere. Uh, uh, but uh, I mean two, Bolivian three. football, so that he knows uh, Bolivian football because he was coach, a coach there. Uh, Jorge Wilson, I think, if I am wrong. but okay. This is his 12th employer across six countries, as far as I can tell. If he continues like that, and he seven. will be the Loco Abreu of the coaches.
1: I mean, he's really South America's asset Mourinho winning yeah. titles across the continent uh, just with a little bit less fanfare and probably not quite as much of a answer. I mean almost definitely not I it's mean tight yeah
0: here we are um, so we'll see who's in charge of all of those teams
1: so it's going to be a surprise nice at least. Um, Peru as well isn't? of course have got a, a new coach because their old one is at Venice. where I didn't mention it before the break but they greeted him during another one draw against Platense with mm. The worst team I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Just an absolutely pathetic effort um, to spell out his name on on the main platea, which uh, looks at, you know, faces the cameras at Veliz's stadium. Uh, must be better than Veliz. But sort of apt for the team I think Gaerica has now, which is not quite the team he had when he left back in 2011, about 2012.
0: No, indeed. Um, the real. Could it finally happen? The big question for me over this upcoming round of World Cup qualifiers, which obviously we'll preview this in more detail right before they begin, uh, is six and a half spots now. So six places automatically for this ridiculous oversized Mm -hmm. World Cup that's not going to work at all.
1: And a playoff spot.
0: Could Venezuela finally
1: get there? I mean, they'd probably have to appoint a coach first. Yes. um... Obviously, positive you know, there first
0: are step various things in the way and it, they would also have to drastically improve their showing on the previous um, campaign but you think with the number of you know young players they've always got coming through there's there's always the chance that they will get that drastic improvement yeah but it's a little that. bit
2: of optimism And um, if they didn't make it with the last, last generation of players I don't, I don't see it but they've got plenty coming through Um, But they have
0: more chances, clearly. Yeah, I mean, if they finish seventh this time around, then they can give themselves a shot. And that would be what? Have they finished seventh before? I've got a feeling they have, right? They missed out, just missed out in
1: 2018.
0: Yeah. If I remember rightly, or 2014. Um, 2018, I think, was at best. Yeah. When they finished sixth or seventh, I feel like. And quite quite close behind fifth. Um, That's an interesting one. And it should be. And it's. shame that they've not I mean they're like 52nd in the FIFA rankings or something so they're in the top 25% of national teams in the world and yet they've never been at the World Cup Um, but yeah the 48 team World Cup itself we were I can't remember whether we discussed it on the podcast or not but common sense always dictated that it wasn't going to be played in quite the way that FIFA had been claiming it was going to be played for about a year and a half or so of a bunch of teams of uh, groups of three teams with all sorts of shenanigans yeah, and now they've announced it's going to be 12 groups of four teams each with some third place teams going through which is about the most sensible way that you can do a 48 team world cup but obviously you can't really do a 48 team world cup it doesn't work no you've got to go from 32 teams. to 64 and 64 is too many but it's it, yeah
1: 12 teams of four, or 4 so that would be 48 yes but yeah. I'm thinking of the so they're going to go into a last 32 yeah. after that exactly so 24 teams top 2 teams plus 8 third place yeah Jesus
0: Christ I mean it becomes a bit like the Copa America at that point doesn't it where you're like uh, so I mean, essentially, to, to qualifying 8. is
1: not worth watching, and neither is the first round of the World Cup. doesn't mean more And probably not even the last thirty-two because it's going to come up with some horrendous mismatches. But it's, it's Thanks, a and it's, it's a shame
0: because I, I just think that like I, I love the World Cup. I'm a mm. big fan of World Cup trivia. This will be a shock to anybody who's been listening for the last twelve years, obviously. Um, but. I'm also a big fan of the idea of opening up the World Cup and allowing more countries to take part because mm. it is the World Cup so you should have this chance and yet it feels like at 32 which is a right a really fun chance to have you always get kind of there are maybe eight teams in a 32 well 32 team World Cup who just don't really bring anything at all to the mm. tournament from the point of view of somebody who's a neutral or relative neutral obviously I've always had a team at least one team to support during it but you know, watching a match is neutrally, and you just think this team just don't bring anything to this. And all you're going to do by adding another, uh, hang on, 32 plus 48 minus 32, 16 teams, is you're going to increase that number by 16. So now rather than 24 teams out of 32 maybe bringing something to the party, you've done what 24 teams out of 48 bringing something mm-hmm. to the party.
1: And it's still horribly unbalanced as well because. If you wanted any confederation to increase their, their kind of sway, there, their participation, it would be the African um, yeah. confederation, because that's generally where the strongest teams are and where qualification really is yeah. an absolute and odyssey. And in terms, but of, in only terms got of just one more than Asia, which is a joke. Yeah.
0: And in terms of pure team strength, I could see an argument for, for giving CONMEPOL an extra spot. But yeah. as I've already mentioned, <laughs> It does mean now that we already had more than half of Commonwealth qualifying most years, mm. and now we're going to definitely have more than half of Commonwealth qualifying, with possibly three quarters of Commonwealth qualifying. And six, that, that six and attempt. two thirds same
2: from. And you're making I think necessary, yeah. unbelievable, almost necessary to to make it the two or three organisers of the World Cup because you have so many. Exactly, yeah. Matches in a single, of course, it's, it's
0: never going to be hosted by a single nation again, unless the nation is China, potentially. You know, oh, God. don't give them a I this. mean, Infantino could be what. Listen, they they basically completely fucked the idea, the, the chance of that ever happening. And I saw this quote from Infantino earlier today that we need more football And just thinking. We don't. No, th- right. There is already so much in the calendar. There's so much. That it's all becoming so diluted, and I mean people hate you for it because they recognise that you're the person who's doing all of this and driving so much of it like no we don't I get that FIFA will need to do it because FIFA needs to bring in money somehow and all they've really got is the World Cup mm. because nobody else you know
1: no, no, no commercial sponsors or anything
0: care enough about the other stuff they do
1: but just do a bladder and take um, bribes it's a lot less damaging <laughs> long term than what you're actually doing in Fontina yeah, please if you're a FIFA lawyer listening to this
0: block your ears now, but I mean, I'm sure he's considered
1: that. No, I'm, this is a suggestion, I'm not claiming he does. I mean, lads um, taking bribes, I think, is fairly... I'm uh, not claiming he does either, Dan. All fairly said, established.
0: All I said was considered. I'm sure it might have crossed his mind at some dark moment one night. Uh, obviously, he'd never do it. He's far too outstanding for that. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we go on to Listers' questions? I don't think we've had any. We have had... hang on... Two. Ooh. And they are related, and they were sent to us two days ago. Oh. They're from Chacarita Juniors in English, who says, First, apologies for the joke about promotion. No more jokes. I apologise if I sounded a bit snippy in my response to that last week, but uh, we've had that question asked so many times in seriousness that it's difficult to tell now. Um, and two, a proper question surely that's his words not mine surely la bombonera is a disaster waiting to happen last week I saw plans to rebuild redesign followed by an intention to replace seats with more standing but it's crumbling already I mean
1: I think it's one of them cases where it looks worse than it really is Um, obviously it's not in the best shape Um, the images you know the, the shaking can look quite alarming but Generally, people do pay attention to this uh, to kind of stru- structural um, issues, and and it would have been tested if there were if there was any really serious, really grave risk of the whole thing coming down like a pack of cards and killing thousands of people. I think they would move and um, and shut it down. I,
0: I, uh, on the one hand, I'm I
1: thinking very very. Um, Positively, here and optimistically. On I other don't other think road, anyone wants uh, fifty thousand people to die.
0: No, um, but also it, it is something that there are records of happening all around the world. You know, not just in Argentina, but of collapses and, and yeah. structures, not just stadiums as
1: well. But not so much recently, frankly, um, in Argentina at least. Um, but it does need a lot of work. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure why they didn't do anything in uh, five months or so or four months. There
2: was no football at all in Argentina after the World Cup. Money, I'm guessing. I mean, I they, they, a bit of money. They, I think they're, they didn't they don't agree whether what to do. I uh, think this is the root of it. Uh, no one can quite decide whether yeah.
1: they just need to bolster, you know, do work on the existing infrastructure, get it up to code and, and carry on, or do a whole new thing and uh, expand the capacity. I'd personally say make sure the one you've got is safe first and then think about replacing or upgrading it, but
0: that's just me. Um, I'm going to assume that the plans that Chakarita Jr. in English saw uh, that he's talking about are the the eternal plans that are always going around about Bombonera 360 or the, the Slovenian plan or whatever, that all involve buying up quite a lot of space in the city blocks outside behind the mm. uh, the stand there's not a stand if you've ever watched a match in the bottom on tv that's been held in the bottom Area, and then you'll know what i mean that stand facing the main cameras there's just a, a tower block because there's no room behind it to put in a proper stand um and that's also something that's not going to happen because there's no money mm. and there certainly isn't enough money to to buy those houses up for <laughs> 10 times what they're actually worth mm. as houses which is what the residents quite rightly, within their rights, uh, want for them, if if they're going to put a stadium there. Um, So yeah, I I think that the most, obviously speaking dispassionately as a non-Boca fan, I think that the most sensible thing to do would be to build a new stadium somewhere, ideally inside or right next to La Boca, the barrio itself, but not on the spot it's in, because there isn't any room. Uh, Or... Like, I suppose you could, there's that the car park behind the main stand, isn't <laughs> there? You could, in theory, maybe flatten the whole thing and then just shift it all over sort of 20 meters this way, and you've got room for a very thin stand there. It would be very,
2: very difficult I do, I yeah. for them to think of any restyling or, or building a new stadium or whatever if they don't have a sponsor yeah. in their t shirt. Of course, it's nicer for the supporters as they have a clean kit of with no advertising. Uh, or no, no no sponsors but for the club it's better f- to have one and they don't uh, it, it was there were rumors that they were talking with some with companies that were interested but nothing nothing serious and after a while after quite airlines uh, left uh, there was no no serious yeah. and, and of course it's may not be in, uh, the most important thing but if you think of of, of making something to the stadium uh, which, of course, there is no money. You, you said that, and it's it's true. Well, if you want for money to be in, in the in the club, you have to do something. I don't say that River was brilliant, but the renaming of the stadium, a new sponsor, yeah, Apart yeah. from the ones they had and the uh, anticipated selling of the of the new stands, um, uh, made made them have free, free uh, fresh money to yeah. to finance their 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 the works and what. Well, Boca is in the perhaps opposite opposite direction. Yeah, although in River's case obviously it also helps if, uh, I mean, not that they knew
0: this was going to happen uh, when the construction started or when it finished at the Monumental, but it also does help if you do something like what happened with Enzo and his transfer. Well, of course, Suddenly bringing in more money than any Argentine club was in But they will... He's saying the solution
1: for Boca is just uh get two World yeah. Cup winners out of the academy no, just, just and sell them for 200 million exactly Yeah.
0: No. just just produce them just Yeah. A piece of piss isn't it piss. anyway
2: um, uh, River will, will cash that money not not in a, in, a, in one shot but they mm. and, and in I think it will be several payments and and they will end uh, having that money or the total of that money that uh, belongs to River in two or three years not now
0: yeah no it's going to be a nice little learner for them for a little while rather than being yes. one massive payday that immediately gets swallowed up by argentine inflation um chakarita juniors in english also says following up on this if Boca have to play somewhere else for a time um who could and would have them obviously for reasons that we've just outlined that it's not going to happen but let's treat this as a hypothetical if Boca were to announce tomorrow we're actually going to do it we're going to you know as i suggested for instance not bound upon one error I'm going to have to play our home games. The closest Russell or to, Independiente. The, yeah, I mean, in terms of Huracan yeah. or, or, or as well. Yeah. So, uh, Chacarita Juniors in English's suggestions are Vélez or Huracan. I think, the in terms of the Boca supporters' hearts and wanting to stay mm-hmm. as close to home as possible, Huracan or Rassic would seem to make the most sense in terms of capacity and proximity.
1: Yeah, either one of those. And I could see Vélez happy. Yeah, exactly,
0: I could see Vélez as well because Vélez would be more than happy to actually set out the stadium for a mm-hmm. Uh, just a little dig it, the list there. Um, <laughs> Central Español. Yeah. Massive stadium that's nowhere, I'm presuming, is never anywhere near sold out. Uh, one, of the, one, of the seven, one of the seven or eight football stadiums in the city of Buenos Aires with a capacity of over 40,000 for some reason. <laughs> Even though they, I mean, they can't ever have more than a couple of hundred people at their matches, given the level they play at. Um, they're the Argentine Queen's Park. Maybe we should actually look into why they've got such a huge stadium sometime. Possibly for a hundred pod extra. Yeah, I like that idea. Hmm. Anyway, uh, those are all the questions we've had this week. So thank you very much, Jack, which yours in English, for sending them when nobody else wanted to. Oh, we had a, a mention as well last week from LFC who says, Great pod. Thanks for answering all my questions. I learned a lot. Love this league and you guys make it easy to follow and fun to engage in. Thank you very much for such kind comments. Excellent. And we hope that everybody feels that way. But if you don't, and you feel negative things about us,
1: you're more than
0: free to listen to another Argentine football club cast in English. Yes, and please don't tell us that you're doing so, because it will hurt our feelings, and we're very sensitive. (laughs) Um, After this next piece of theme music, you will hear Mystic Sound's predictions for the coming weekend. Okay, let's keep this short and sweet, guys. I think they're all going to be 1-1 draws. Yes, let's go. No, I will do this properly and we'll put some effort into this, at least. Union versus Racing, I'm actually... But no, I'm going to go for a Racing win.
1: A, a Tiny Dan Derby there. No. Who will be the scorers
0: yeah. and why will be Matias Rojas? Yeah, Matias Rojas will, will score. Racing will win 1-0. i that. If you want it to be that precise. Arsenal vs Tigre, I think that Tigre will win. I'm going to go for Mateo Retegui to get back on the score sheet after a bit of a drought. Platense vs Defensa y is a draw. Scores? No. <laughs> Independiente vs <laughs> Independiente Colón, also looks like a draw, genuinely. Yes. Atletico Tucumán vs Barracas Central, I think will be a Barracas win. Godoy Cruz versus Belgrano. Go for a Belgrano win. Gimnasia versus Estudiantes. Whoa, let He's gonna be an Estudiantes win. Both doing pretty shit at the sure, moment. Um, yes, Vigoro's yes. not looking that good, but I think it'll be Estudiantes to take home the bragging Take home the bragging rights, that's not a thing anyone says Claiming the
1: bragging rights.
0: Uh take home the local
1: spoils. Oh.
0: Yeah. Venice versus Central Cordoba and Newells versus San Lorenzo, according to Sofa Score, are both postponed.
1: Uh I see it on the 21st of March on Tuesday. Venice at least. What was the other one?
0: Oh yeah, they've got the, you're quite right, they've got the both scheduled for the... Um, well, they've got Venice Central Cordoba scheduled for the 21st of March, you're right. Yeah.
1: You, you, do you know, know what also, I reckon um, happens? Your San Lorenzo is scheduled
0: Sorry. for the 20th, so they, they've been put back for
1: some reason anyway. Do you know what I think happens? I reckon these games were originally scheduled for like 3 o'clock in the afternoon or yes. something like that, oh, and then they're of back because of the heat.
0: Yeah, you're right, because the Classico Platense and Arsenal versus Tigre are both scheduled here for 4.30 in the afternoon, which is half an hour yeah. before yeah. the 5 o'clock cutoff. off and because of the heat, yeah, I'm guessing the Players' Union have had a word with the AFA and asked them to put back the reintroduction of afternoon kick, mid-afternoon kick-off. Like the two yeah. I understand Gimnasia Estudiantes
2: because it's a clásico and you don't want people to go mm. over the streets at night, but Arsenal, Tigre, I don't see it. But.
0: No, I mean it's four thirty. I guess it's the, just the equivalent kickoff time they come up with for five o'clock for a couple of weeks until it cools down a bit, right? I think um so. Boca versus Instituto, I think will be a Boca win. Sarmiento versus River, I think will be a River win. Newells versus San Lorenzo, actually, kicking off at six thirty on the twentieth, which is going to be f- Monday. 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 Yes. Monday. Um, is going to be a San Lorenzo win. Lanús versus Argentinos. Ooh, that should be an interesting game. I think that'll be a draw. Tacheres versus Banfield. Um, is a Banfield win? Could they make it two wins in a row? Ooh. maybe. I mean, I think the win over Boca is a big boost for them. So yeah, let's, I've said it now. Let's go for that. Huracán versus Rosario Central uh, is going to be a win for Huracán. And Vélez-Central-Córdoba, which was Dan says, is finally going to be played on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock in the evening. Um, I'll go for a Venice win. Oh. Not particularly convinced by that, but yeah. Garreca at home, second match. The will have got through to his players sufficiently by that point to get something out of them. Some interesting games. Yeah, weekend. could be good. Um... Thank you very much indeed for listening for another week and goodbye from Andres. Thank you, goodbye. English now. Goodbye. And me, thank you and goodbye. After we recorded that episode, I decided to hang around for a bit at Dan's, having another drink and waiting until the end of Sporting Cristal versus Huracan. Uh, I wasn't going to stay for the shootout, but it looked like it was heading towards a shootout, and I thought I'd stay just in case there was a last-minute winner. And it was just as well I did, because Sporting Cristal got a last-minute winner. They scored in the seventh minute of stoppage time to get a 1-0 win on aggregate, and therefore Huracan will not be in the group stage of the Copa Libertadores. I'm very sorry to tell you that if you're an Huracan fan, although you probably already knew by the time you hear this. Uh, see you next week.